Dr. Orke, how's it going? Oh, it's it's awesome. And uh, I, I heard only the last part of uh, the last show. And one thing that is clear is uh, the the impact and the need for education. And that dinner table conversation that can we really have. And I come thinking about equity mm -hmm. every day and also assumptions. Okay. The first assumption that we actually still have time to sit around the dinner table rather than just grab the food and go because right. we come at a different time. Yes. yes. Then the second assumption is also that we have a table. Yes. So as we review this and continue on the theme of education, and empowerment. I had a guest too in Florida who did not pop up today. But the, did you all receive this booklet about the general election coming up Tuesday, November 8th, 2022? In the booklet, we're receiving uh, from LA County, uh, from California, not Los Angeles. I went straight to one of the proposition because I used that to teach my class today. And while teaching my class on global health, I told my students as much and as far as to think globally. At the end of the day, can you please consider taking baby steps by acting locally? And they did not understand what I was saying. So I, I brought up this get out and vote uh, booklet yes. that we all receive in the mail. And I actually harvested this from the trash. <laughs> and, and I told everyone to go to page number eight and I will read. Then I will not tell you. I'm not repeating the lecture today, but I will just tell you the questions I asked. In page eight, we are looking at uh, proposition 3131. 31, okay. Yes. And um, um, proposition 31 says, title, referendum, which I explained to tell them a vote, a discussion on 2020 law that will prohibit the retail sale of certain flavored tobacco products. Now, pause at that point. Let me explain that sentence again. Referendum means a discussion where we decide 
on the 2020 law. So it's already a law. And the law states, essentially, let us prohibit the retail sale of certain flavored tobacco products. And I'm not going through the politics of this, but I'm rather going through the education of this. And I told my students today, they are all final year students in the college. And I said, I'm not asking you your position. But rather, if I assign you to a group to say yes to it, regardless of your position, and another group that says no to it, regardless of their personal position, can we have a conversation? Because the law is only two years old. And now we are voting on that law. And that so, is Prop 31. That's Prop 31. Okay, is that to change the law or to remove the law? It is to overturn the law. It's to overturn the law, which means to remove the law. Yes. And this is what the summary says, because the petition is available and it's, and it's in writing. That means nobody will read it. Right. Exactly. And this is what the summary says. I'm reading what is here, not the, the big page. And the summary says a yes vote approves and a no vote rejects okay. a 2020 law prohibiting retail sale of certain flavored tobacco products. Right. And what's the fiscal impact? Decreased state tobacco tax revenue ranging from tens of millions of dollars annually to around Hundred million annually. Okay. As you shake your head, I asked my, my students again, because this was the text I used to teach today. And I asked my students, please go back to your trash cans and have this guide. Yeah. So that you have it in your hand. And let's just have a conversation. Do you think your vote counts? Do you think you are educated enough to influence policies? And what a policy is? Is it just majority decision where everybody just essentially rush into a particular file. Then after that, saying, oh, this is not fancy again, because I would have said this is not sexy again, but now it's not fancy again. Then we move. And I'm not asking you your stance on Prop 31, but I'm asking you, 
what conversations did we have in 2020? And we got into the bad box and we thought it was not okay to sell those flavored tobacco products. And I can tell you all the conversations we had. And two years later, it made it again to the ballot because people were able to lobby. People were able to get signatures. People were able to stand up for what they thought was right. That is why I said it's just, I'm just pivoting from right the last show. Yes. And how the little things we can miss it. And there's a whole page that tells you what your votes mean. Yes, a yes vote on this measure means in-person stores and vending machines could not sell most flavored tobacco products and tobacco product flavor enhancers. Now, let me explain this in, I dare say, in English language. If you say yes, you mean no. Exactly. Your yes means no, and your no means yes. Yes, exactly. And most people don't understand that about propositions. They don't understand that. And they don't take the time to read the propositions. Because it is confusing, that's for sure. It's very confusing. And it's unfortunate that there are few sessions where they go over this and people take the notes. We've done one. We've done one. I think we've done two. But they need to be had every year, every year, because there is an election somewhere every year. And on the same page, I told you I taught my class from just this shit today. On the same page, let us now go down to the argument. And the argument says, there's a summary that says, yes on 31 protects kids by ending the sale of candy-flavored tobacco, including e-cigarettes and minty, minty menthol cigarettes. 80% of kids who have used tobacco started with a flavored tobacco product. A yes on 31 vote will save lives and save taxpayers' money by preventing tobacco-related healthcare expenses. Mm -hmm. So why should we even have a conflict on this matter? There should be none. Why not? First of all, tobacco should be outlawed, banned in black neighborhoods. Okay? There should be none. And what they say is that the city, the county, the state needs the tax off of menthol cigarette products. Okay? They need that. Well, you mean to tell me they need it that bad where it compromises 
everything for everybody, I think that that's wrong. It's a, it's a health issue. They sell these menthol products in ghettos. They put liquor stores in ghettos. In Altadena, there's one liquor, two liquor stores in all of Altadena. One on Lincoln, one on Lake. They don't put liquor stores in communities where there are more affluent people. They don't do that. They don't do that. They're very, very strategic about where liquor stores are placed. I don't go to liquor stores. I went to a liquor store to buy lottery tickets and that's it. And I wait outside. I don't go into liquor stores because as far as I'm concerned, they're of no use. They are of no use. So when you, when you talk about why menthol products don't need to be in neighborhoods, there are a variety of reasons. You can't even go to a grocery store. I don't think you can buy cigarettes from grocery stores anymore. I don't think. Can you? Unfortunately, that's about pay grades. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, it's interesting because uh, I wrote a paper and it is titled Where There Is No Coca-Cola. When I use Coca-Cola as the example of for any pop. Now pause for a moment and really tell me where you cannot find sodas. And I've been to a lot of places around the world. I may not find vaccines. I may not find ATMs. But I'll find the liquor. I'll find where to get sodas, sugar. And simply because these companies, Coca-Cola being the king in most places, they value the person because they see the dollar sign on your forehead and they bring the product to you. Now, let us reverse it. The government is not in an economic business to say. So they really don't see the dollar sign on you. But the lobbyist appreciates you and the businessman from only what they can get to you. That is why we can have a business in the black community that used to be just down Crenshaw. And the name of that business was Caskets for Less. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, as we, you know my opinion on this proposition already, but I'm talking about the education component of what is going on. Because when I hear casket for less, I always laugh with my friends and I say, buy three and get the fourth one free. And that's horrible. That's, that's not fair. fair. I'm not being insensitive. 
but I'm breaking it down to the elements. Mm -hmm. And as we talk about equity or inequality or disparities, you gave me an example of social marketing and engineering just some seconds ago when you said they target our kids and usually in the poorer neighborhoods. You are not even sure you can buy cigarettes in the grocery store, but around the corner there will be a liquor store. Yeah. They will sell the lottery tickets. They will sell booze. And they will not check IDs if they can go away with it and sell any other thing. And this essentially takes us all the way back to what we've been discussing all season, which is simply take a trip on Western Avenue. Two weeks ago, we were discussing trafficking in daylight. Two weeks ago, we were saying robbing our people broad daylight and we're pointing fingers at them. Two weeks ago, we're asking ourselves essentially from cradle to grave and how far that can go. And all the issues of social justices and injustice uh, pops up. If you cannot buy cigarettes in most grocery stores. Is there a reason for that? And why are we having this conversation even at all? Are we voting on it? Because folks in other neighborhoods will complain. But mm -hmm. the marketers see the dollar sign on our foreheads that they want. They sure do. They sure do. They see the dollar sign and they know we're not going to read and they know we're going to go for the okey-doke and they know we're going to go for those things that do the greatest amount of damage. We're going to do it to ourselves. Okay? Yeah. We're going to do it to ourselves. So they don't. The marketers are doing their jobs. The marketers are just doing their jobs. Yeah. And I remember we understand the implications of them doing their jobs, but nevertheless, they're doing their job. Yeah, but but two years ago, we had such a massive revolt against flavored products. And for those who will not remember, I will juggle your brains a bit. We had vaping. 2019, then we voted 2020. And we had too many young people dying, having that that acute lung disease that led to even ICU. Right. It was just 18 and 19 before the pandemic shuts everything down, but we still voted in 2020. Is that the lifespan of our memories? I don't think it's the lifespan of our memories, but then again, it is. 
because we pick and choose what we want to focus on, what we want to keep in the forefront, what we want to focus on, what we're going to going to keep in our memory banks. Yeah. And the damage that cigarettes do. No. And remember, you still have how many people who say I've smoked cigarettes for 50 years and look at me, ain't nothing wrong with me. Really? You got COPD. You're barely hanging on. You got every disease known to man. You're still here. And you live far less than a quality life. So, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because good minds do go to waste. Great minds go to waste because they don't believe and they don't, they care not to. They care not to. So we, we fall into so many traps. And they're just simply traps. We fall into all of the traps. We don't stand for the things that we should stand for. Nobody else does. Nobody else does. And if we're going to follow what they do, then we need to do that also. We need to say what we're not going to stand for. And isn't it interesting? I'm going to switch it around just for a second. Isn't it interesting? We're still fighting insurrectionists. We're still fighting the Oath Keepers. We're still fighting all of that. But we got to focus on the menthol in the community, the damage that's being done to Black folks. We got to focus on that. But the, the, the Oath Keepers and the insurrectionists tried to destroy this country. And that trial is going to go on till sometime next year. And they're not going to get everybody. But where do we, we get damage done to us that becomes individual? It's small stuff, but it means a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, that is why I say, as you are thinking globally, you really will need to act locally and be aware because uh, guess what? I would love to send you to South Sudan and see the devastation and just the confusion there. I would also like to send you to Ethiopia and see the fratricide, brothers killing brothers there. And it's not making the news over here. And of Ethiopia, Libya were never colonized. I would like to send you to the coast of Libya to just see people who decide to get on that boat and try to cross the Mediterranean. It's usually dinges. And they, if they make it to Lampedusa in Italy, you now see graves everywhere. What will make me kiss my family goodbye? 
and get on a boat to die by sea. It's the same thing that probably is pushing some of our family members right here in Central America and South. And they, they use the coyotes and they actually meander all the way to the U.S.-Mexican border just to die right there in Texas. It doesn't make the news. What makes the news, unfortunately, is the injustice going on and the land grab in Ukraine. And we'll go all out to help the Ukrainians. And I think it's a good thing to help them. But the Ukrainians now can essentially travel visa-free to Europe. And if they can make it to the U.S. border by any means, they will. If they can fly to Mexico, they just touch the border, they will. All they need to say they are Ukrainians. Why can't the Ethiopians not do that? Have you thought about that? No, but you know what? You you just made me think of something. The U.S. has gone into the Ukraine. And... Initially, Zelensky said, no, don't come over here. Send your weapons. We don't need you. Yeah. They continue to say that. We don't need you. Don't come over here. We don't need you. Okay. But I find it really interesting. You fought in the Sudan. Okay. You were there. And there have been other wars in Africa that this country has not gone into. Now, I don't know all of them, but I know that there have been wars in countries in Africa where this country stayed out, just like when the Haitians tried to come here. Your brother Bill said, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't got to go home, but you can't come up in here. Okay, and the Haitians cannot come here. The Afghans can, the Ukrainians can, Hispanics can, Syrians can, Russians can, everybody but the Haitians. Yes, because at a point, we should not every male, especially when it comes to voting, is a uh, is a junk mail. We have to be part of the process. So I asked my students today because I I I thought on Prop Thirty One, not the political component of Prop Thirty One, but just a dialogue of Prop Thirty One, and I asked them, "What have you learned from class today?" I had a very interesting response from one of my students. And she told me that there's something they're saying about dialysis. 
and I said on dialysis, mm -hmm. okay, and yeah. that is prop 29. Oh, I yes. Said, and I yeah. said, that's fine. Tell me what you know about it. Anything. Because you can be wrong. Just tell me what you know and how you got to know it. And the student said, I hear it on the TV so much that I just think it is wrong. So what are they doing? I think this is the second time that in, this... In prop, in, in prop 29, rather than go to prop 29, let us for a moment pause and think of the response of the students. Because the student said, he or she here is on TV every time. So she sees the pros and cons and the lobbies and the pity and sad story. And just that social engineering and manipulation. But she doesn't even know the prop. She just know that one to deal with dialysis. Right. And so she if I... Yeah. Right. So, so if I ask that student to explain more, that no means yes. Exactly. Yeah. Your yes means no, and your no means yes means no. Right. And that's how the position written that because you want double no to become yes, or you want one yes to keep it at no. You know, I'm going to confuse everyone. And it was deliberately written that way. Yes, yes, yes. It, can, it is deliberately written that way to confuse people. And every time there is an election, we always let people know you've got to read. You've got to read. It is very, very confusing. If you don't know that the way the propositions are written, it's yes, I do not want that. No, I do want that. Your yes means no and your no means yes. And for the life of me, I'll never understand why people don't get that after all these years. And I've been voting since I was 18. Why don't people understand that? And I believe it's because people, one, they don't read. Two, if they don't get the information off of the boob tube, they didn't get it. Didn't nobody tell me. There's this thing called read. Read the proposition. Now, I don't know what the dialysis argument is about. I, I, can, I, I, can, I can move back to that. Because it's a requirement to have a licensed professional on site. And you know, this cannot be universal. Let me just read what it says. Prop 29 requires on site licensed medical professional at kidney dialysis clinic and establishes other state requirements in initi initiative status summary. Requires physicians, nurse practitioner, or physician assistant on site during treatment. 
requires clinics to disclose physicians' ownership interests and also report infection data. Now, the fiscal impact. In, it will increase the state and local government costs, likely in the tens of millions of dollars annually. If you say yes, it means chronic dialysis clinic will be required to have a physician, NP, or PA on site during all, all patient treatment hours. Are you kidding me? So you mean to tell me that dialysis patients can go to a clinic, and I know my father went, they can go to a clinic, and there is no licensed professional MD on staff. No, and that's not what it means. It means we have forgotten about the ratio and distribution mm -hmm. of this licensed personnel. Some of the licensed personnel can give the order. I'm talking about chronic patients, not and yeah. until the, those of you South Broadway, I have a standing order. So I have somebody who will continue to give you the dialysis. But those of you on West Side, the doctors will be there. So we order what we want doctors everywhere dialysis is being done. This cannot work in the poor neighborhoods, which means in the poor neighborhoods, we have to shut down the dialysis clinics. That is how it is twisted. Okay. Okay. So they shut down the dialysis clinic. So the, the uh, commercials are full of people saying, if the dialysis clinic shuts down, I'm gone. Okay. That is what it really truly means because it is just not profitable to keep licensed people in poor neighborhoods. What? You, you are missing the spin. It is not profitable. Yeah, that's it. It's not profitable. I got that part. Yeah. It isn't profitable. And it's about profit. Okay, now listen to this. Let us sell flavored tobacco to the poor neighborhoods and take away their dialysis, access to dialysis. Yes. On the same ballot. Yes. Who actually spent time to read this thing? Yes, yes. You're so right. You're so right. And people don't, are not getting that. They don't understand. And they are not linking the proposition. Not linking, no, they're not. They're not. I told my students for this week and next week, no PowerPoint slides, but we will use discussion boards and I'll give you the prompts. Mm -hmm. And it's not politics. But I just want you to read. I didn't say I want you to vote. And at the end of the dialogue, 
you will tell me if there's any value for your vote or if you even should be engaged in the process. Because if you think it's an hopeless discourse, then let's not talk about it. Let's just watch it slide. Mm -hmm. I brought Prop 31, and a student told me all she valued is Prop 29, but she did not know anything about Prop, Prop 29, but she saw it on TV. And seeing it on TV already told me that is actually the source of our education. So I have to probably get on TV too. Because the commercials, passive and active and dialysis and keywords and catchphrases is actually what they understood. I spent a full 45 minutes discussing Prop 31. And I said, do you think anything I've said makes sense? And the only response that student gave me was on Prop 29. I didn't even discuss Prop 29. <laughs> I was saving that. <laughs> but the TV got there before me. Right. And this is not a political science class. This is more in health sciences, healthcare administration, global health issue, public health sensitization of what concerns us every day. Why do you have student loans and you cannot change the world? Why do right. you even need to go to school? And you don't even know the basis again. They people and I mean in, in the time of President George Bush, we called it let my people go. Mm -hmm. No child left behind. In the time of Moses, it was also called let my people go. Leave no one behind. But why? Back in Nigeria, right. it was also let my people go, which is just a shortcut. Come on, turn your head the other side and let's split, let's split the profits. So they, they let my people go on through the biblical times in the global south, currently still in the global north. And as we dump the people down, we claim transparency. That's right. That's the whole idea to dump people down. That's the whole idea. And as we as and as we claim transparency, we start putting things in writing. That's why I, I was listening to Dr. Collis. I just listened to the last ten minutes of her show, and really, at I really could not stop the tears from rolling down my cheeks because that's exactly where we are coming from. Where I am, thanks be to God, paid 
mm-hmm. to contribute to the education system. And I I said, no judgment. You can be wrong in my class. You just contribute. But nobody even knows the problem because we've discussed communicable diseases. We've discussed non-communicable diseases. We've discussed obesity. We've talked about our tobacco. Alcohol is a cross factor for cancers and everything, for everything going on in the world. But that because of the advent of antibiotics, life expectancy has generally increased, but tilting out towards dying from chronic diseases and diseases of aging. While in the past, it was mostly infectious diseases. So our parents probably had 9 to 15 kids, not knowing what we survived. Uh, most of the children were to help them on the farm in the, to till the soil. Mm-hmm. But now with antibiotics, most children will survive tetanus, proper antenatal care. We bring them to the world. Right. And they essentially live the natural course of their life, but they cannot live forever. So at the age of 40, 50, you start hearing sounds in some part of your body didn't, that you didn't even know had names. <laughs> <laughs> then you proceed and proceed and proceed until the wear and tear. If the queen could have paid for it of England, she would still be alive. Oh. Two days before she died, she was on TV talking to the Prime Minister incoming and telling her Listros, I'm handing over the government to you. And after that, she slept to be with the Lord. We don't know anything that happened in the background, but they we said, also remember... They said natural causes. Old age. I remember after Her Majesty, Her Majesty, Her Majesty, that was the point they removed the crown from on top of the casket. And there was a point, they also removed the orb from on top. Then the scepter was removed. Then the Lord Chamberlain brought his own stick of authority and broke it. Mm -hmm. If the new king could pay for it, he's in the 70s. He has lived long and long as an apprentice. I'm sure he will pray for one more day with his mother. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, we've seen how we say we need an expert in every Dallas units for safety, for compliance, for everything. Mm-hmm. How many experts are actually available to be distributed to every Dallas unit, especially in the poorer neighborhoods? That's an interesting question. That's very interesting because what would it take? What would it take? And 
it really boils down to what's important. And there was a conversation earlier about, uh, actually it was on one of the um, programs about how the insurance company would not pay for this woman to have a, uh, she got the mammogram, but she, insurance company would not pay for her to have an ultrasound. And she did have a lump, a second stage two, second stage, but the insurance company would not pay for her to have that other examination done. Uh, let me explain uh, the definition of UHC, Universal Health Coverage. In Universal Health Coverage, according to the World Health Organization, and today this is Professor Orke talking, <laughs> Dr. Orke, simply says access to health at the time you need it, at the place you need it, without going to an economic hardship, without bankruptcy. So let us speak two countries. My dear country, United States of America, where we don't support UHC because you work for it, you get it, or find somebody else to pay for it. And let us speak Japan. Do you not see differences? In Japan, they actually have more private health care than public because the government does not need to subsidize because every two years bi biennially they sit down and they review the cost of every procedure in Japan. So if the cost of MRI is $5 and Beverly Hills. It's going to be $5 in Pasadena. So to each person, the fixed capitation and the cost is already built in. So the facilities actually move to the people because you can predict your cost of doing business. Let's call it business. Unlike in our own, mm -hmm. where we move to the facility, where the facility is located strategically in places where we cannot even access freely, but we can access the tobacco shop, the brothels, right, and the uh, what is that thing called? And the loan shops where you can get loan, payday oh, loans. Yeah, payday loans, yeah. That is what you have. Right. So in Japan, Japan turned everything upside down by adopting the UHC. And in the Affordable Care Act, which we've discussed multiple times, the concept is built on the iron triangle of cost, quality, and access. 
So universal health care. I believe this country is one of few countries that does not subscribe to universal health care. Everybody else subscribes to universal health care. And the pharmaceutical companies here, pharmaceutical companies, insurance companies, big hospital corporations, that's big money. That's very big money. So they don't make money on health care. They make money on sick people. The sick yes, that, that is why over here, we don't call it bribery. That's a negative connotation. We call it lobbying. Lobbying, yes. So I can send you on a trip to Martha's Vineyard on my private jet. And if I'm busted, I'll be busted for not registering as a lobbyist. But you try that in Uganda, the shame factor will be my father is going to jail for bribery, semantics, and will play with the words. Lobbying and bribery. We we just clean it up. What about if I go to jail for stealing versus I go to jail or accused of just uh, how do we call it? Money laundering and postal, whatever. Yeah. Whatever phrase we use. So to be clean on this side, but in China, it's the same crime. Somebody will chop off your head. Yes. yes. Or even you will kill yourself because you were busted. Yes. Right. So it's, 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 it's just the education because of in the Iron Triangle of the Affordable Care Act that Obama pushed for, and it's still the law of the land, we ask people to, I support it. We ask people to join, to enroll, and contribute something even in good health. So that quality is not compromised and the government does not spend additional money supporting the very sick. And most of us may just be in good health, especially the young adults, and they just don't go to the hospital because have to, unless they have to. But since they pay into it and they don't use the emergency room as their first contact with the doctor, we just expand access, we maintain quality, and cost drops, and it's the common goods. Yeah, and and so many people don't understand that. People don't go to the doctor because I'm not going for this, I'm not going for that, or 
or they do this or they do that. You don't know. And they are, whether they know it or not, they're contributors to what the healthcare issues are of this country simply by not going. Simply by not going. And the healthcare issues in this country are phenomenal. They're humongous. And should not be. And should not be. But they are. So, your, the midterm elections matter? Your votes truly count? Yes. We are so transparent that we actually have everything written down because we can bet that no one will read them. And that is the... That's pity. a fact. Yes, it's a fact and it's a pitiable fact. It's a sad one because today, without taking sides, we lay the facts. Should we have a debate, debate on tobacco? The answer, no, we shouldn't have a debate. It's already done and settled. And if we've discussed that access remains an issue, I'm talking about now access, not the affordability, but access in terms of geographical spread of that particular resource, which is in this case, the dialysis clinics and centers. Mm -hmm. But in that clinic, you need, you don't want standing order. You want the person himself who gave the standing order, not Arendt. You need somebody at the level of NP and MD at every center. Physically. Yeah. For a procedure, chronic, not acute. Remember, I'm very specific that all you just essentially do is come in, you are plugged in, and you are cleaned up based on the standing order. You will do it based on the prescription. It means we really shut it down in the poor neighborhoods because I'm not going to be coming from Beverly Hills I have met, unfortunately, Ms. Collette, I have friends that have not crossed uh, La Brea to the east side. I know it. I know. And there are a whole lot of folks on the east side that have never left the east side. Forget about what they haven't crossed. They've never left the east side. So if they had to go to dialysis, that would be, and there are tons of them that have to go to dialysis. And they get access, and somehow they go. But that's only because they have to. They want to see tomorrow. So in the conversation today, it's I'm not giving my class again, but I'm just telling them that uh, this is the textbook. Yeah. And that is your own right. It's called general election. It's right there. Most households received it. Many did not open it, and I understand. Yes. But get out and vote. Voters' education, it's not a one-issue ballot. 
but understand the sneakiness of the system. Mm -hmm. And in the iron triangle of quality, access, and cost, we also have other triangle of ignorance, poverty, and disease. And as they fight, what is common between both triangles? It's called education. So, and I yield to you now. As usual, it's been a great conversation and thank you for bringing this to ITRN and thank you for your wit and your charm and your your lifelong wisdom. Thank you so much. And this is the Intentional Talk Radio Network. Thank you for joining us. It is the end of a very busy Monday. So tomorrow we've got great guests as a matter of fact we've got jan perry that's coming on tomorrow to talk about the election the election and she's running for congress she's actually running for karen bass so please join us tomorrow right here on itrnradio.com you can find this all of your shows all of your podcast remember your questions your comments anything you'd like to let us know let us at 710 one one zero one. It's great. Thank you, Dr. Orke. I will see you soon. Have a good evening. Take care. Take care of yourself and everyone else. Be good. Wear your mask. It's so amazing to be loved. I follow you to the moon and the sky above.